Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I'm Lilith. And I am Eli. And today we're talking about Evangelion. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I mean, what, what better way to commemorate almost 52 episodes than by committing suicide? (laughs) (laughs) I I joke, of course. Basically, for those who don't know, Evangelion is a a little bit of a lot. Not in the same way of other things that I've said is a lot, but in like a... a different way. It's only one of the most influential shows of one of the last... Jesus fuck, it came out 26 years ago. <laughs> yes, it did. Not just for Japan, but I think it... <laughs> it is a major landmark in anime itself. And we're only going to be talking about it for, at most, an hour. You could, and some people have, done, like, week-long series just talking about Evangelion. Here's the thing about Evangelion. They literally just finished... This year, 2021, the 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 movies, like the rebuild movies. They're done? They're finally done? <laughs> yes, the last one came out this year. Oh, thank gods. That also that's just crazy. That So it let's see, it came out 26 so 1995, right? Yes. Fall 1995. Oh god. What is the show a contemporary of? Or does it just overshadow everything around it? Uh, I mean, 95, it was a contemporary of, like, Dragon Ball Z, Fushigi Yuigi, Gundam Wing, (laughs) those things. Yeah, not a lot. (laughs) To be fair, this was the 90s. There wasn't a ton of anime going around. Not not compared to today. Like, I just took a look at the my anime list page, and there's, like, maybe, at most, ten new casts and versus today, and it's, like, minimum, minimum, 20-odd, minimum. I don't, how many shows are there this, this season? Um, a lot. A lot. Yeah, literally more than I can count. Like seventy three are currently airing, as well as continuing airing, or maybe eight. I don't. I don't. I literally do There's not a know. Lot. I... There's a lot of shows that are airing this season. Meanwhile, like the year after Evangelion came out, summer nineteen ninety six, there were three new shows. According to my anime list, three total. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> it came out in a particularly... I don't want to say dry period, because it's the 90s. <laughs> There's not a lot of anime going on, period. But it came out at just the right moment, and it had just the right like themes and quality to become the literally biggest thing in anime... Since Tezuka. 
it's yeah <laughs> it's a lot trying to use words to describe how important evangelion is we would be here for a while just trying to set it up but just know that like pretty much everything since evangelion has more or less been if not a reaction to or a commentary on than just existing in the space created by all of that activity around it i mean this is this came out in 95 this literally came out before a significant number of people who are adults today were born you are well, not well maybe not significant but <laughs> true I would say that there's a lot of anime fans, especially on the younger side, who are younger than this series. This is rated PG-13. <laughs> so if it's you were... what? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Unlike many things, the, MP the MPAA has probably gotten stricter over time. Uh <laughs> But uh, if you were 13 in 1995, then you are now, holy crap, you, you are now 39, if my math checks out. I believe so, yes. 26 years, 13? Yeah. For all we know, you could be in the anime industry. This could have shaped your enjoyment of anime if you were 13 in 1995. <laughs> I'm literally trying to think of how many, like... I'm, and I know that they are out there. This is, this is not like trying to find the, like, spotted, winged rhino. It's it, But how many 40-year-old anime fans are there out there? Uh, a healthy amount. Yeah, that's what I said. It's not that they're rare, it's just... You never hear about them. True. There's a lot more focus on, like, the early 30s anime fans. Basically, people who grew up not quite old enough to watch Evangelion, or people who were not born yet when Evangelion came out, and then grew up watching anime in the wake of Evangelion. So, really, they don't know a world without Evangelion's influence, and they don't even realize it's there yes case in point us <laughs> born I, I i have no well i would say there's no shame in admitting this because there's literally no shame in admitting this i was born after evangelion came out as was i and i i personally did not get into anime until around like late 2000s early 2010s I can pinpoint roughly, I can pinpoint like the exact anime season I got into anime. Pro I probably could too, because I got you into anime. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> I was there. It was my fault. <laughs> but enough about us. This, is, this show's about Evangelion now. And so I think as we normally do, we should talk a little bit about the plot. Obviously, spoilers ahead. So, um, if I were to succinctly sum up Evangelion's plot, uh, it has one. 
is the, is the best way of putting it. It's actually, for all the memeing about how Evangelion makes no sense, it made more or less, especially once we watched End of Evangelion. Yeah. But it made more or less sense. Right? Yeah, I would say so. I think also part of it is that we went in knowing, like, through pop culture osmosis, a little bit about it. So we were more ready. We only had to Google, like, two or three things to figure, to fully understand the plot. And even then, we probably could have skipped that. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't necessary. We just had the super burden question of what the hell happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's let's jump straight into the plot. So in the year 2000, there was an explosion at the South Pole, I think. Yes, it was in Antarctica. Yes. I forgot if it was in Antar- Antarctica. But yeah, an explosion in Antarctica, massive ecological devastation. Obviously sea levels rise, all that good stuff climate change good times good times and this was the second impact don't ask about first impact we're, we're, we're just gonna keep moving we're just gonna keep moving <laughs> okay so 15 years later 2015 yes am i right am i correct on that <laughs> yes you are correct the, i believe it is the far off magical year of 2015 uh Good times. Anyway, so there's this kid named Shinji. And he's estranged from his dad. And he goes to Tokyo 3 to see his dad. Don't ask what happened to Tokyo 1 and 2. Well, no, Tokyo 2 is a thing. Tokyo 2 still exists, yes. Tokyo 1 doesn't. Yeah, no, Tokyo 1 doesn't. Anyway, so he goes to Tokyo 3. And long story short, giant monster attack. And he has to get into a giant robot and fight it. Thus, uh, thus starts Evangelion. We're massively simplifying right now. I want to go into more detail, but if I do, we're going to be here for ever. Also, it is Evangelion. That's true. I'm not saying that everyone has seen it. But most people know what it's about. It coming to Netflix was like the highlight of shit. What was it? 2019, 2020? I think so. Yes. I don't even remember. It's been so long. I was so young then. (laughs) Full of hope. In any case, moving on. uh, So they, he goes and fights some more giant monsters over the next few episodes, meets some other pilots who are also piloting giant robots. His dad is in charge of the secret government organization that's, like, uh, in in control of him, commanding him, whatever. Stuff happens. He makes friends. He meets a tsundere. <laughs> and then... More stuff happens. It's all related to the giant monster fights, for the most part. There's one episode that just has no real purpose, which is impressive 
for the series, in my opinion. Actually, yeah, they only have, like, the one filler episode. Or recap episode, which I suppose serves the purpose of filler. Which one's the recap? I can't remember. It I was, um... I don't think there was a recap. I remember there was, it was... one with the, like, pseudo... Yeah, uh... like, this... Because it wasn't, like, a, like an actual recap, but... No, 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 no. It was the... It was the one with, the, like, the unmanned... Uh, Ava. Built by the weird guys and they did the test and there was the nuclear bomb that was gonna no go no, no 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 that's not what i'm talking about okay well that's the episode i'm talking about that's more or less you can skip that and you won't miss anything except for some fair yes except for some character development for one of the characters but other than that it's kind of eh. no they have that one pseudo episode 14 it's not like a full filler recap episode. But that's the one that yes. starts off with Yes, I do remember Misato. that. Now. Yeah, okay. Yes, it starts off with a recap of like every all the events up to this point and then more plot happens. And then more plot happens. And in, and in this case, when we say plot, we mean actual plot, we don't mean just boobs. Okay. And so after after this point Things start to get a little fucky. Start. <laughs> well, up to this point, it's been a pretty straightforward, like, mecha series. It, with, it has. It's like mecha yeah. series with a dark twist. Because things are happening, and they're not actually piloting giant robots. They're piloting their moms. Things, basically, for me, went completely fuck up in episode 16. What happened in 16? With the shadow angel. Right, that one. With the zebra ball and the shadow. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the moment. That That's the moment for me when everything went from fairly normal for Evangelion to straight up strange, even for Evangelion. Yeah, and then it just gets weirder from that point on. <laughs> There's some stuff with, like, industrial sabotage, espionage. There's the... Oh, yeah, and the the giant monsters they're fighting are called angels. And they're aliens, I guess? They are... Kind of. To my understanding, they are aliens that were brought to Earth by some sort of, uh... I believe the term is panspermia incident. That originally brought life to Earth. So, it created, like, all these... It carried, like, 14, I believe. Yeah, 14 potential humans. But only the one human race, like, actually evolved. They're all the other potential humanities, basically. And if you think that makes sense... Don't worry. It gets stranger. Yes. Because they've also got a giant monster angel ch- chained up in the basement of their headquarters. Uh, oh, right. The organization's name is Nerve. Doesn't stand for anything. It's just Nerve. And there's another group called Seely, I believe. Yes. Who is working with Nerve and also against Nerve. Well, I think it's more they're they, they're supposed to control Nerve. But 
Nerve is being run by Gendo. <laughs> yes. And Gendo Ikari is, as we mentioned, Shinji Ikari, our main protagonist's father. Who I believe, I, everyone probably knows this meme already, but, but who I believe uh, has the... Is the per- is the winner in perpetuity for Father of the Year? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <sighs> and so there's some more angels fight stuff. There's a thing where they get they they get a new pilot who's actually Shinji's classmate, and then but Shinji doesn't know it, and he has to fight him. And uh, we don't see him for the rest of the series, but he does survive. The, yeah. the other pilot, Shinji, obviously survives. <laughs> um, physically, Shinji survives. Physically, he survives. <laughs> uh, there's the there's the episode or two where Shinji turned into goop. He just yeah, that was t- with the that was with the shadow, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frick, the shadow. Um. Episode 16, The Shadow, he gets uh, eaten by it. And then he's stuck inside it for a while in his giant robot. Well, no, no, no. That's I think that's different. Something happened somewhere along here, and he turned into the stuff that... Yeah, he got he got dissolved into the uh, LCL. Yeah, which is the yeah, stuff no, that they, was... they use to like do liquid breathing. Very, very cool. Very cool concept. No, that what you are correct. That was episode twenty. I knew it. <laughs> episode six. That's just the one where the giant robot uh, goes straight up berserk. Yes. And yeah, rips its rips fights its way out. It rips open the angel from the inside. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. And then so that all happens, and then then we have the last angel. Who's a dude, and he's also like gay. It's kind of vague. Considering that uh, that one guy from Future Diary is basically a carbon copy of Koaru, I'd say it's pretty safe to say that he's Shinji sexual. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. The interesting thing is, um, like, Kaoru, the angel man guy, is... So we thought he was, like, a pretty big deal, and he would be, like, in most of the series. He only appears in one episode. I thought from the memes and the fan art, he would have more of an impact than one fucking episode. <laughs> he dies in the episode he was introduced in. Oh. I wouldn't even say he has a lot of impact on, like, End of Evangelion, because he's not really... No. Well, I mean, you'll, yes and he's, no, but... He's there, but he's not, like, important. Like, we could... He has an impact. He doesn't have, like, a tangible impact yeah i think it's more the lingering after effects of the of what he did in evangelion proper yes yes Ugh. and so 
And then we get a slideshow. Yes. The last two episodes of the series. 25 and 26, correct? Yes, 25 and 26. Yes. It is literally just a slideshow. It gets some actual animation at parts. Yes. But, um... But for the most part, basically, a uh, summary of it, all of humanity got uh, glooped. Turned into Tang. Yeah, turned into Tang. <laughs> turn, turn, turned into Orange Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, more or less, what we're seeing is one individual's experience of that this this is all from end of the slideshows even galleon proper the whole finding out that humanity got uh tanged <laughs> they turned that's into all, lcl that's end of even yes we which we will get to in a second but um, um so basically it's just it's literally just digging into shinji shinji's psyche and pulling apart all the little insecurities that he has and allowing himself to get his shit together. The the, the literal the literal end of Evangelion is Shinji coming to the realization that maybe he shouldn't hate himself and he might not suck that bad. <laughs> and to be fair, this is massive character development for Shinji. <laughs> we're laughing, but th- it's true. <laughs> but the last... We're laughing because of the last scene. Because the oh last my God. scene has literally <laughs> I knew it. the word <laughs> congratulations for us. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and I still didn't see it coming. <laughs> it was so dumb. Literally just... A quick breeze through of everyone Shinji's ever met saying congratulations on, like, getting over yourself. When I said he comes to the realization, maybe he doesn't suck. It's literally, it's like, huh, maybe I'm not the worst. Literally, he's on a stoned island in the middle of nowhere. Everyone he knows is clapping, saying congratulations. And then just end. (laughs) Just end there. (laughs) Oh my god. We, I, I laughed so hard I threw up. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, and of course, before that, <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah, you you tell them about okay. that. Okay, so right before that though, there's there's actually a really cool bit where they go like shift through levels of animation. It's like showing Shinji breaking himself down and like picking apart his psyche and it's a very cool sequence and then we get a like parody i want to call it a harem anime parody because that that's kind of what it is <laughs> the whole point is basically that they're showing him realities that could have been yes but it's still like it's the most animation in the entire last two episodes. And they couldn't even finish it. <laughs> yeah, it literally just like goes into line art and then sketches and then it disappears. And then we get like Shinji looking at like a model of a city or something. And then he goes like, oh, maybe I shouldn't hate myself. It's very strange. 
I remember the very the one of the very first thing out of my mouth when we finished it was, "Oh my god, people in the '90s must have been pissed." Yeah. And then the next day we were talking about it, and we're like, "Yeah, no, people in the '90s," because <laughs> like internet message boards not a huge thing at the time. I don't think so. I mean, I literally wasn't around then. That's true, but, like, even for, well, because it probably didn't get simulcast in America, so no, no, I... anyone who saw it after its release did not see it when it was coming out week to week, <clears throat> and so they got to experience the whole thing in one block. Versus you every... and I, we, we made an event of this, uh... We, we we literally like blocked off a weekend and it was basically like do some stuff but watch Evangelion. Yes. Cause it was the first time we were hanging out in person since the pandemic started. Yes. And but yeah, it was it was as you, like you said, we're gonna do stuff and hang out, but primarily this is just watch Evangelion. <laughs> so we binged the whole thing straight through. In one day. I don't know if that was a good idea. That was the best idea. We finished at like 1 a.m. <laughs> okay, and there there is no better way to experience Evangelion. And I'm not saying that facetiously. I mean seriously. Because if you have to like pick it up later at some point, those final two episodes will kill you. Yes. <laughs> you just got to power through it, get the, through the whole thing in one day. Maybe two. Maybe two. Like Take a break at episode 14. Yeah. It's like, or pick up again with episode 14. Because it has that mini review for you. And then... Yeah. But... You can't just watch the last two episodes on their own. No. <laughs> and you can't just watch episode 25. And you can't just watch episode 26. Because they tie into each other in a really fr- a frustrating amount of ways. For episodes that are literally just clip shows. I, I remember at the time, I basically... Because we... Basically, Evangelion, like, they had to do some redos. And I say some. They had to do a lot of, like, rewriting and redoing at the end. Because of the shitstorm that, <laughs> that it generated. Yeah. And, uh... They ran out of... They, they ran out of budget towards the end. Coupled yeah. with the, uh guy behind it quite literally i believe going off his meds i believe so yes he was not he was there was a lot of stuff going on in the backgrounds and he was not in a healthy mental space i believe was anybody working on this series in a healthy (laughs) mental space i'm not sure (laughs) but um but in any case what was the last thing i said before talking about Oh yeah, the how they how they kind of ran out of budget. Um, yeah. I remember basically we we knew that the end of Evangelion is basically a supplement to it because they ran out of budget and they needed to finish telling the story. The last two episodes of End of Evangelion is basically finishing Shinji's character arc. The la the movie End of Evangelion is basically finishing the actual plot arc. Yes, which is why I would recommend watch. 
watch the entire series, then watch End of Evangelion. Don't skip the original 25 and 26. Yes. I don't To be fair, I'm fairly certain there are many people who recommend that. I've never seen that as a recommendation, but if you get that recommendation, don't follow it. We're here to tell you our completely uninformed opinion that you should watch the two clip show episodes. You should you should totally burn 40 minutes to an hour of your time. They're actually not bad. <laughs> I mean, they're they a bit be of worse. a they're a bit of a uh, swift kick to the reproductives. Um, simply from going from you know the epic mech action and all this stuff to just delving deep into Shinji's soul, literally. There's a uh, there's a lot of like title cards like just card like like frames where it's just words and we get a little bit of the other people in there but it's mostly about shinji yeah well it's like shinji and how he interacts with everyone around him whatever but um whatever end of evangelion it's it's literally finishing the plot uh it's also literally shinji getting dragged around to the plot (laughs) Seriously. And I'm so, not, I mean that seriously. He is literally being physically dragged across the floor at points because he is just done. He is completely shut down. Yeah. Okay, so plot in bare bones. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Um, so after they beat Kaoru, the Seely decides that Gendo is like way off his rocker. And Which they decided is. to, yeah, definitely is. So they decide to launch an attack on Nerve to initiate the third impact, which will wipe out uh, most to all of humanity. And so to do this, they send. They drop the JSDF on his head. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes pretty well until Asuka gets involved. Oh, right. We forgot to mention Asuka had the whole breakdown at the end of uh, the series. <laughs> Like the show itself, we focused on Shinji. <laughs> we didn't even mention the the OG Sundere. <laughs> one of the OG the, Sundere's. One of the OGs. One of the the original Holy Trinity. Yes. But so very very briefly, her mom committed suicide. She has not fully processed that, and uh, I believe she tried to kill herself in a tub. Yes. There's a. Anyway, so she ended up in a hospital bed. <laughs> we could spend 15, 20 minutes going on about just what happened to Asuka. Again, it's Evangelion. It's huge. Yeah. There's a lot going on, and we're only scraping the surface because we have limited time. <laughs> anyway, so she's in a hospital bed. At the, be- at the beginning of End of Evangelion, uh, Shinji masturbates over her. Yes. And we both said, don't do that, Shinji. <laughs> Knowing it, in all honesty, I knew it was going to happen. I wasn't expecting it to be the literal first thing that happens in the movie. Yeah, it's certainly a foot to start off on. In all honesty, as completely unnecessary as it was, and it was unnecessary... It does more or less make sense in, sh- for sh- in Shinji's character. 
Okay. I mean that in that he he hates himself and he actively seeks out uh, reasons to make other people hate him. Okay, that's fair. It's he, gross. He's literally. <laughs> yeah, no, I said it's it's unnecessary. We did not need to see that, but it, it does at least technically make sense character wise. Good job, Shinji. <laughs> Good job, Shinji. Anyways, so the JSDF attacks Nerve and just starts killing all the personnel. There's a siege in the base. Um, they decide to put Asuka into her Ava because it's probably safer to put her in there than to just leave her in a hospital bed. They are... The JSDF has specific orders to go after the pilots uh, in particular. Yes. Because SEAL does not need them. In fact, SEAL has the opposite of need for them. It needs them dead. Yes. Um, We completely forgot to mention Ray. We completely... <laughs> Ray's there too. <laughs> Ray is important. Ray is very important. She's a clone... She's a partial clone of Shinji's mom, made by Gendo, to basically uh, become a god. It's more complicated than that, but... It is infinitely more complicated than that. We don't have time. <laughs> we do not have time! Right, so... Shinji's getting dragged around a bunch. Quite literally. Literally. In what is absolutely something else I I love how like 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 I think I mentioned this in future how you know what else do you expect from a character who's fourteen has has quite literally been put through the ringer? Uh, he literally just sort of mentally checks out and has to be physically dragged everywhere because he does not give a shit anymore. I think at one point he literally says, "I would I want to die." I don't yes. want to do anything anymore. He has a gun held to his hand, his head, and he's just sort of like, oh, hey, this is happening. Nice. <laughs> nice. Now I don't have to put in any effort. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not healthy. It's not a healthy mindset he's in during End of Evangelion. But yeah, moving on. JSDF killing everybody. Uh, Asuka's Oscar... shoved into her... Her Ava. Yeah, she... Has a bit of a... Moment of clarity. That works too. I, what, how would you put it? Uh, She found out the mech was her mom. Yeah, she... I was gonna say, you know, she had a... Emotional breakthrough. That allowed her to... You know, both realize that the mech was her mom. And, like, connect with it. And uh, then she starts kicking ass. It's actually pretty awesome. Possibly better than, like, the series proper for some of the fights. I mean, as a, as a fight scene, yeah, probably. Yeah. As a, as a pure spe pure spectacle-wise, yes. Yes. And then once she beats up all the JSD, most of the JSDF at least, uh, there's the mass-produced Avas, which are so cursed. Oh, dear God. <laughs> And... The mass-produced Avas. <laughs> they started off just sort of weird and creepy. Oh, dear God, they got worse. 
And then later on, they got Ray's face. Just the face, not like the hair or anything. I still have nightmares. <laughs> it's very disturbing. Anyway, so Asuka puts up a, a valiant fight, but ultimately loses. And then Shinji... Then Ray becomes a god. <laughs> we just skipped over what Shinji did, because he really didn't do anything. He literally didn't do anything. He got in the robot. He got in the robot, they sent her over to the surface, and he just sort of curled up in a ball. Very true. And then Ray becomes a god, and decides to go against Shinji or Gendo's wishes. So basically all of this, all of it, was so that Gendo could meet his dead wife who died testing a prototype Ava. That's it. <laughs> That's literally, that was literally Gendo's entire plan. All of the people he's used, all of the lives he's ruined and destroyed so that he can bone his wife again. <laughs> Yes. And meanwhile, the SEAL guys are like... Have some sort of, like, transcendental humanity become gods thing going on? I think it's more like... Because, like, we talked about it after we watched End of, End of Evangelion, and we're like, well, it's kind of like they wanted to become gods, and then it's like yes. they wanted humanity to become god. Well, they, they originally had a plan involving Kawaru, but then Gendo had him killed. Yeah. So they had to they had to to create a new plan. Yeah. Basically, no one gets what they want, and Ray, as a god, basically like, "Hey, Shinji, what do you want to do?" And she's just like, "Can't we all just die?" And so and Ray goes complying. <laughs> and so all of humanity gets uh, tanked. And then <laughs> come sweet death, please. And you just see everyone dissolve into goo. We're we're laughing, but we're laughing because I again I knew it was coming, and I was not expecting it. Yeah. Anyway, so all of humanity gets uh, turned into a single primordial ooze, ooze. <laughs> um, and covers the entire primordial world. marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> basically they return to basically the there's a thing and it that keeps the human body from exploding into the LCL and Ray is just like deletes that for everybody which causes them to go pop and turn into primordial goop <laughs> Anyway, so this happens to all what six billion people on planet Earth. Everyone, yeah, all, all everyone but but Shinji. Well, it does happen. It it does happen to Shinji. He is there, and then he wakes up. There was a lot going on at the end. Basically, um, Shinji, this all happened, and then Shinji's like, "Well, what if we wanted to be individuals, anyways? What if we didn't want to be this giant gestalt being or whatever?" And Ray's like, "Okay, sure." Uh, but everybody's going to have to find their own way back to individuality. And so Shinji wakes up on the beach of of a lake of LCL, ocean of LCL. And the liquefied remains of humanity. <laughs> and there's like no trees or anything around. It's completely barren. 
except for all of the crucified, mass-produced Avas with Ray's face on them. And also there's Ray's head lying in the LCL. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> Good God. Oh, we forgot to mention Lilith. Not me, we the other one. We forgot to mention Lilith. <laughs> so Lilith is another angel, and it's the one that is... the mother of humanity it's complicated yes it's very all, complicated. all humans come from the one angel that was lilith and then there's the first angel adam and then all the other angels which are the other angels that uh that we fight throughout the, the other the other humanities that could have been yes and and adam caused the second impact except it was humanity doing that and it's, it's well it was humanity fucking with adam very true and also, LCL is, I believe, the blood of Lilith? Yes, kind of. It is the blood of Lilith in that it's also, like, the primordial ooze. <sighs> We're skipping over a lot here. <laughs> it's Evangelion. Anyway, so at the very end of End of Evangelion, Shinji is an individual, and then Asuka is also alive. And she's all bandaged up. And then Shinji up. tries to strangle her. Yes, and... Then he realizes she's, like, not dead or whatever? I think, no, he stops. And then he realizes she's not dead. Like most people who try and commit murder via strangulation. He stopped too soon. <laughs> and uh, the last line is just Asuka saying, You suck. <laughs> <laughs> just uh... Much more disgusted than how I said it, but... Just a nice summation of Shinji right there. It is. It is. <sighs> we skipped over so much. So We've been talking for over half an hour and we have literally barely scratched the surface of Evangelion. Which is why you should just go watch it. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Like seriously, I'm not joking. I believe it was 2019 because when the announcement hit I was pretty sure I was at your house. I believe so, yes. So it would have had to have been 2019. Um, it's been on Netflix for a while. It's still on Netflix. I believe it'll be there for a while. Yes. Uh, so watch it now. Because it's a big deal. I absolutely loved it. As did I. At, at the very least, um, I could enjoy it for being a very good mecha series. Mecha in the largest quotation marks possible. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. It's I was gonna say this is a show that I love. That normally when it comes to mecha shows, I like. I like them in spite of them being mecha shows. Uh, this one, I it doesn't even feel like one. Probably because I believe we mentioned this. The Evangelions are living beings of yes. sorts, and they actually kind of like move and act like living beings rather than giant hulking pieces of metal. Yes. Which is really freaking cool. It's very cool. Also very freaky when they lose their, uh, like, restraints. Yes. And as we mentioned, they're also the pilot's moms. And that's just a whole other thing. I believe I believe Freud would have something to say about that. <laughs> Probably, what the fuck? Ah. <laughs> uh... You mentioned how the the fight at the end of in the end of Evangelion with Oscar versus the other versus JSDF and the mass produced angels was or even Eve Ava's was pretty freaking sweet. Yes. Um it was. 
another thing I I noticed this while we were watching it, but I was gonna bring it up, but I didn't because I was so sucked into watching Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, every single angel is a new fight. Yeah, that is true. The only like straight up brawls they have are with the first angel in the first episode and the angel in episode 18 that's the from an evangelion yes all the other ones you have that weird ring that turns into a thing that starts like parasitizing yes the evangelion right. you have the circle the shadow thing which just swallowed up things into its own shadow you have the rhombus of lasers <laughs> whatever, yeah whatever that thing was prism i don't know it's you have the the, the synchronized dance one <laughs> that one was pretty that one was pretty cool i liked that episode um, that 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 was a nice. That was one of the. That was one of the fl- one of the fluffiest Evangelion episodes. That's that's about as uh, that's about as happy as it gets for Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> There's the space one. Yes. There's the other space one. Well, there's the space one that's just in space, and there's the space one that's falling. And it's gonna fall on Nerve headquarters. Yeah, it's it's colony dropping uh, Earth. Yes. With itself. Yes. And then, like like we said, there's the other one that's just in space. Yeah, that just mind rapes people. Yes. Osaka, primarily Osaka. It mind rapes people with classical music, I believe. <laughs> with classical music and the light of God. And now, if you have, if you are like looking at Evangelion now, and you're like, "Okay, this is interesting," and wait, what's with all the like crosses and all the religious stuff? Is that important? To which we have to say, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we've mentioned this before. How anime tends to use, well, all all media. I believe they even said it back then. All media has a tendency to have obtuse religious imagery. It's just that anime, uh, not being from a traditionally Abrahamic country, tends to get it much worse. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say that Evangelion started all that. But, but... it definitely <laughs> is the, like, codifier. I'm staring at someone standing over a corpse with a smoking gun. <laughs> Although, Evangelion actually does it fairly well. Yeah. I mean, I can follow at least some of it. It makes decent enough sense to me. Fair. Like most things, it started it, and it did it well, and other people just didn't just didn't understand and decided to copy anyway. But if you're, in, if you're specifically wondering about the crosses, and if those are, like, symbolic of anything, yes and no. <laughs> And maybe. <laughs> well, yes, but actually no. And no, but actually yes. Like we said about everything else in Evangelion, it's complicated. It's complicated. I absolutely love Evangelion. I I, I went in thinking I would not like it. 
I went in thinking, because I watched the first episode, the first two episodes, and I'm like, oh, okay, so, you know, good show, good show. Uh, not my particular sphere of interest, so, you know, it's going to be one of those shows that I re- that I like, okay-ish. Everyone else, you know, slathers with their tongue. I just sort of have to shut up and not talk about it, lest people realize that I am a heretic. Uh, no, this one, um, this one kind of deserves it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, oh boy. So, I want to talk a little less about Evangelion real quick, and a little bit about Darling and the Franks. Ah, oh yes. Uh, did you did you finish rewatching that? I did not. I watched the first few episodes just to like refresh my memory, and then I just read through the TV TV tropes page. <laughs> so, Darling in the Franks is perhaps the biggest example of Evangelion influence, mostly because one, it heavily involved people who worked on Evangelion in animation and story, and it is more or less a plot point for plot point remake of Evangelion. It has the same twists. Well, not all the same twists, but a lot of the same twists, including the robots are actually alive. A significant female character who's the, like, who was the wife of the guy who made the robots died in a test piloting accident. There's a very a whole lot of psychological nonsense going on that isn't quite as meaningful once once you're done and you realize it didn't really go anywhere. And there's also a, a plan to uh, a whole thing about instrumenti- instrumentalizing humanity and transcending them into a hive mind of thing. But, see, the difference between Evangelion and Franks is that in Evangelion, humanity just gets tanged. They all get wiped out. In in Franks, humanity is told, hey, we're going to do human instrumentality on you, and humanity goes, fuck you. No. And there's also uh, magma dinosaurs buried deep in the earth, and... Okay, it's not an exact duplicate, but there's a lot that's I mean, there was that one lava angel. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. (laughs) Point is, there's a lot of similarities between Evangelion and Darling and the Franks. Um, A massive change-up to the design of the robots compared to other popular mecha series of the time. Uh, A whole the robots are actually living beings thing. I mean, the main thing that Frank Springs is a wider focus on other characters rather than just like digging into the main character's psyche. But primarily that's because it is first and foremost, a romance anime, not a mecha anime. And so it's kind of, let's just say, let's just say, Darling and the Franks also kind of went off the rails in the last arc or so. I mean, the difference is Evangelion went completely off the rails in the last two episodes, and Franks, I believe, actually went off the rails significantly earlier. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know either. I haven't watched Darling in the Franks. That is a good point. Um, I mean, if it's just Evangelion but worse, um, I mean, I have Evangelion, so I don't really need it but worse. And that's fair. But I, I would say a little bit. So basically Franks is... The whole thing is just a giant metaphor for teenage sexuality that kind of has that's kind of forced to turn into a giant space opera thing at the very end that that turn to space opera really hurts it so i'm just trying to think here so because even gellion stays on earth i mean the the highest they get from earth is like low earth orbit true there's the Spear of Longinius that goes to the moon. Yes, yes. The Spear of Longinius thing. does go to the moon. And then back, like a boomerang. Good times. So I was saying, Evangelion's literally more grounded. Maybe, maybe. I mean, eh. Because Evangelion spends way more of its total runtime being all like, oh, the the minds of every of humanity and what is humanity and morality and what is what is it what is everything and darling in the franks has robots that run on doggy style <laughs> that's very reductive <laughs> of course it is but it's not wrong i could probably think up a similar ridiculous meme like uh description for evangelion yeah, they run off of mother's love. <laughs> there you go. I'm probably being unnecessarily harsh towards uh, Darling in the Franks. You are. Because like I said, I went back and I watched it. And if you if you look at it purely as a romance, purely through the lens of seeing it as a metaphor for teenage sexuality, it is quite good. I quite enjoy it. Um, Some standouts like for character-wise... Uh, Zero Two, the main female character, she's got long, long pink hair, horns. Yes, I'm. I'm familiar with Dar- I'm familiar with Zero Two. Okay, good. <laughs> the internet has familiarized me with Zero Two. Yeah, well, because I was thinking about it, she's kind of like Ray and Oscar in one character. Kind of, yeah. Just interesting, and uh, I noticed from like the first episode that main character Hero is kind of like an anti-Shinji because it's a case like where Shinji was I don't want to pilot but I will if I have to and Hero's like I want to pilot but I can't <laughs> and I don't think I can Darling in the Franks came out in like what 2017? Uh yes that's how that's how far into the future Evangelion's still influencing things yeah I mean, consider also that the studio who made, or not made, but like, was part of making, the the main studio behind the animation for Darling in the Franks was Trigger, who used to be Gynax. Yes. Who, and Gynax was the ones who made Evangelion. Yes. And Evangelion is, of course, what literally coined the term uh, Gynax ending. An ending that is just so strange. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's just so strange. 
and pretty much everything Gainax has ever done has run off of the Ga- the Gainax ending at the end, where it doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't have anything else to say about Darling and the Franks. It's just an example of how, like you said, Evangelion's still influencing things to this day, and how there is a certain desire to go back and capture the what Evangelion had the perfect storm of everything to turn it into one of the biggest influences on anime since since Evangelion yeah 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 I mentioned back when we did our Future Diary episode how uh Yuki is basically a more or less, or this was help from my research, was more or less a character archetype copy of Shinji. And now having watched Evangelion, holy crap, that is true. <laughs> he is very much a Shinji archetype. That came out in 2011, 16 years after Evangelion. We could literally spend an hour just listing things heavily influenced by Evangelion. It is... I, I, I've i mentioned how, like, oh, you know, you know we, should, we should always be, you know, thinking of not just how good a show is now, but what sort of, you know, staying power and influence it could have, like, five, ten years down the line and so on. Uh, Evangelion, 26 years and uh, apparently still going strong. <laughs> Yeah. But, like most classics, it's one of those things that's, like, everybody assumes everyone else has seen, but nobody actually talks about all that much on open forums as much. Yes. We we talked a little bit about that with uh, Spice and Wolf. Yes. I think it's just because people assume you've seen it. And it's been so long that there's there's no need to talk about it, but... I mean, as... we still have to... There's People are still talking about poets from the 1800s. I think we can talk about Evangelion... Absolutely. ...for a while. I mean... I mentioned how if you watched Evangelion, you know, at 13 when it came out, uh, you were now like 40... That means that there's actually probably a lot of people like me who only got into anime in like the last five years, maybe ten. You'd say maybe maybe the last ten years that, especially since Evangelion wasn't available like legally in in America for a while, uh, that quite possibly haven't actually seen it. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it. It's more that it's just permeated the pop culture or the the anime community in general that you just kind of absorb a lot of the knowledge about it and you don't but you never really bother to watch it cuz you're like, "I know everything. Get in the robot, Shinji." Here here's my here's my take on it. How many times have you used or heard someone use the phrase pound of flesh maybe last time i was at the butchers <laughs> maybe 
But like you, you, you've heard, you know the phrase of someone saying like, oh, you know, they've come to take their pound of flesh or, oh, you know, I'm going to get my pound of flesh from this, right? Uh, no. No, you haven't. Oh, <laughs> I, I still hear people use it. I still use that. Okay. Uh, that kind of slightly deflates my point, but, um, <laughs> surely, you know, of some of the people here listening, understand that, that is a expression that people use let's assume that yes that is, people understand that is an expression people use okay so people know the expression a pound of flesh how many people have actually read the merchant of venice yes <laughs> that, that's my takeaway from this that's a play that came out maybe 400 years ago we're not quite sure you don't have to, people haven't necessarily seen it, but it's still ter- words and phrases that it created are still being used to this day. My takeaway is that modern anime, however we want to vaguely define that, is actually fairly young as an art form, but. I feel even Gellion will, if not directly influence things, will have had a lasting impact for a very, very long time. Even if people don't watch it, and you absolutely should watch it, the the damage, more or less, is already done. The impact is it has on the anime community at large, and anime in general, is so massive that really we're kind of still parsing through it all. I actually heard uh, that Evangelion, more or less, in 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 its in its way of shaping the modern animation industry. Japan wasn't quite into, like, a complete animation age ghetto, like you have, and, well, we're kind of breaking out of that here in America, too, but Evangelion basically shattered the any, any sort of possibility of there being an animation age ghetto in Japan when it came out, simply just because it was, uh, as you said, a lot. And it raised up a shitstorm when it when it came out, but uh you can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle. And so with that, I think we've covered most of what we wanted to talk about with Ava. Yeah, more or less. I mean again We could be here for all night. It's Evangelion. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's going to keep being a lot until the next one comes along. I think we should actually be due for that any day now. Yeah, I think right there with, uh, well, we already had the ne- the the next plague. So, uh, yeah, actually, I think, I think we're due a new Evangelion. That's how it works, right? Every plague, we get an Evangelion. Well, or some massive cultural phenomenon that changes how we look at a uh, a certain medium, but 
Whether or not that could arise in the modern anime landscape is a discussion for another day. Very much so. Very much so. In any case, I have been Lilith. And I have been Eli. And this has been Anime Stroganoff.